Welcome to the Collections by Michelle Brown Show, a show about people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality as they create change. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services. Welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. Each week, we'll be talking with people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality, and creating change. Today, I'm again joined by Betty Covertier. She's back. A relentless, outspoken, authentic voice and alternative perspective for the LGBTQ community, Betty returns to Collection by Michelle Brown to share her thoughts on the current political climate. She'll share her observation from her travels as we move towards the all-important 2018 midterm elections. Originally from Brooklyn, New York, where she was a city corrections officer, Betty was part of Atlanta's LGBTQ scene since the mid-1990s until her recent retirement. She volunteered at WRFG 89.3 FM, a nonprofit community radio station, beginning in 2002. She was the founder, producer, and host of Alternative Perspectives, an LGBTQ radio show that aired on the community-owned and operated station from 2006 until 2017. She has served in various capacities on many nonprofit organizations over the years, including the Atlanta Pride Outreach Chair, Atlanta HRC Steering Committee, co-chair of Georgians Against Discrimination Steering Committee, and the Atlanta LGBTQ Police Advisory Board. Betty also organized the first International Day Against Homophobia in Atlanta to coordinate the international events that raise awareness of community rights violations and to stimulate interest in LGBTQ civil rights work worldwide. Her energy, compassion, insightfulness, and hard work has been an incredible asset in the fight for LGBTQ equality. Since retiring, Betty keeps her eye on local and national political shenanigans, the LGBTQ community, and discovers more alternative perspectives as she travels about the country in her RV with her dogs, living out and proud on the world. Betty, welcome back to Collections by Michelle Brown. How are you today? I am feeling good, and I thank you for the invite. I give, give me the opportunity to rant a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. but I haven't I haven't had a chance to do that you know, since uh, not being on the radio in Atlanta anymore. But uh, it's just uh, there's so much going on out here. But I'm doing pretty good, you know, the health wise, and I'm sort of stationary at the moment. Or I I just I go from one campground to another, and uh-huh. 
uh, and get to see the different sites, you know. In the area, though, I stay between Kissimmee, Orlando, and Claremont, which is like central mm-hmm. Florida. Yeah, mm-hmm. So and I get to see all the little stuff that's going on in the area and stuff, and I've learned a lot. But mm-hmm. doing good. But there's so much much going going on now. One of the things that we talk about, like I know that when you um you started like after since you know 2016 and you've been in Florida and you said mm-hmm. you know you sort of lit, watched and listened to how people have been and you know how you said how once someone told you to go go home go back to your own country and you tell them how you were from here <laughs> how how has that changed or or you know how how has, well, I mean well like two years in. Yeah, two years in, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, I've met a lot of folks, you know, some who are very progressive and very liberal and very much on the same, you know, mindset as far as what's going on, okay, but since the 2016 elections and what happened after that, uh, people have sort of kind of fallen silent because they don't know where people are at and they don't they're mm-hmm. afraid especially the people on the road because most people who come out you know camping and stuff like that they just kind of get away from it all you know but mm-hmm. uh, and there's not a whole lot of discussion about politics but at the dog parks which I go to a lot because I have dogs there the conversation might be uh, a little bit better and um, <laughs> it's it's uh, you know it, people are still into their you know they're not knowing things like about Puerto Rico. I mean, there's been a lot mm-hmm. of education, a lot of education regarding Puerto Rico since Hurricane Maria, and then all the all the chaos and stuff and the fiasco that you know has happened since then. So people read about it, you know, because it's actually in the papers down here in the south, and um. All of a sudden, they're realizing that there's this other part of the United States of America in the middle of the water down here in the Caribbean, you know, (laughs) 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 who who are American citizens, you know, and they just sort of kind of just look at you, shake their head because they're really not understanding what's going on, okay? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they just, you know, know that people are in need and they didn't realize that they are U.S. citizens and it hits them that this could happen to them. Also, if it, you know, if they find themselves in a situation that's, you know, like it. But, and the administration sort of kind of ignores the citizens, you know, no matter where they are. Mm-hmm. But uh, we just have an administration now that doesn't really care about the people, you know, so... Um, they they're not concerned about except for their own interests, you know, and yeah. uh, and like you know, it's the most corrupt administration ever in the history of the United States of America. Okay, uh-huh. and that's all, and we can and we know and people are re- beginning to realize that by by what they're reading, you know, uh, uh-huh. in the in the in the in the in the newspapers because most of the people down here they listen to Fox News, you know, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> So mm-hmm. it's a con- it's a constant battle trying to tell them when I do get into conversations, uh, that's not true. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they look at you and say, What do you mean it's not true? I say, Well, you need to go here, here and here and read, you know, on it and, and, and get the real the real story of what's going on, okay? <laughs> but you have to laugh sometimes because it's just like, you know, you, you, I, you know, I don't understand why people don't see, you know, and but they... they I know, they, I know, that's right. You know, but, but you they're... Know, yeah, go ahead. Well, before we get really get into politics, okay, I want to ask <laughs> you about something. Now, you and I met 
to the human rights campaign. We were both on the board of governors, and I know, like you know, when I got there. In fact, I was I was telling um, we have a volunteer um, who's who's working. She's working trying to to build coalitions here in Michigan, who works for uh-huh. HRC. And I told her, I said, my first board of governors meeting. I recall them saying how you know that they weren't making progress. You know, they were making progress. But as far as women and people of color, well, they were able to hire a lot. But, you know, in the upper echelons, the governors, directors, mm-hmm. you know, it just wasn't mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. You know, we, they just couldn't keep them to keep us. And it, um, wait a minute, let, me, let, me get something straight. let me get something straight, Michelle. Are you telling me that today in 2018, HRC is still trying to build coalitions? Well, you know, thank you. You know, uh, what what they're trying to do, I mean, and I'll tell you, I mean, this is great. Um, I went to a, you know, they disbanded our steering committee, you know, when the economy went went tanked up. We couldn't maintain the number of federal club members, so Mm -hmm. no dinner, no Mm -hmm. steering committee. The, the, the money. You couldn't maintain the money. Okay? Let's, exactly. Let's, let's make, let's let's make, that, let's make that clear, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, we had a, a, a gathering here, and mm-hmm. um, Chad came, Chad Griffith, and we were talking, and he was saying, like, what they were trying to do was do a different take, because it used to be they would come in and basically want to run the show, you know. But it was like, now how do we work to support things? And some of the volunteers that I see, like right now, we're talking about getting out to vote and how we all have a vested interest and how do we work together and not being the elephant in the room, but being like a cheerleader or or using ways to bring people together. So, you know, I'm going like, well, this is different, you know. And although there were some people who said, you know, we have to get, you know, a federal club going into all this, Chad and some of the other people like, you know, well, we need to get to know the community, you know, work with the community, you know, not not the community work with us, but work with the community. So I was going like, oh, okay, well, we'll see. And I, I will say I've had great conversations. The young lady who, who I've been working with is a person of color. Um, and then what hits? You know, what hits? The HRC Foundation chief resigns after using the N-word. And it was mm-hmm. sort of like, to me, it's like, well, I guess we haven't come that far, you know. Right. But this is our organization, I, you know, and, and I, you know, I've talked to people who work there and they say, oh, well, we were just shocked, and now we're doing all of this, this training amongst ourselves. But it's sort of like that upper echelon, you know, what needs to yeah, change but, in our organization? What do you think about yeah. this? Well, you know, to me, in the years that have passed since I haven't been involved, okay, because it's been since like 2008 or so um, that I haven't been involved. It's like 10 years now. But when I first started, I saw it as a promise, okay? I saw it like a way of bringing people together, uh, enlisting, you know, those who were not part of it at the time, which was the Hispanic community, the black community, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and bringing them into, you know, because my whole thing was, hey, these people are the lobbyists for us in Washington, D.C., and they're fighting for our rights. This is what I, how I used to, being on diversity, you know, trying mm-hmm. to recruit folks to join up, you know. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, believed, I believed that they were sincere about what they wanted to do. 
okay? But the problem is always, as, as I grow older and, and gain more wisdom, I guess, <laughs> at least I hope, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that, you know, the, the HRCs of the world is just a, um, the, it's, 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 it's a duplicate of the bigger picture of what our whole system is, politically wise, because it is a political organization, and, but it's on a small scale. But they still have their, their, their tiers. You know, you have the people who have and the people who don't have, mm-hmm. and the, the people they try to use in order to promote so they can get money in so they can support. You know, it's just like the regular system that we have. You know, you get your taxes. People, the rich people don't pay nothing because they have the loopholes, but we have to support everything and everything that gets done to help us. We're paying for it through our taxes or whatever, whatever. Okay, so that's, it's, it's you know, the HRCs of the world is just like a, a smaller version of the system mm-hmm. itself, and they have an high, a, a hierarchy, okay, and this hierarchy is just like our politicians that, or our legislators who we're supposed to, like, you know, we... They forget that they work for us, and we mm-hmm. allow them to. And we allow them to forget because we treat them like royalty, okay? And they're not royalty. They were elected. You know, they are public servants, paid for by taxpayers' money. They're supposed to be listening to us, not the lobbyists, not the people who are going to pay them and buy them, okay? And what I see is that organizations like HRC and those bigger ones, you know, that are out there that are just about the money because they first they have to have the money to pay the salaries that they have for the, the corporations that they have built and the buildings and all the staff and you know and 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 just to keep their 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 place at the table if they're lobbyists they're dealing with Washington DC and they have to have money to be able to talk at that table so to me you know i, I you know i'm sure that there's folks that are sincere in, in, in what they want to happen. But unfortunately, we ha- I, don't, I don't think, because we, even our system tells us, you know, the government, the administration, the whole, the whole thing of how we operate. Because sometimes I sit back and I say, are we living in an, in an illusion? You know, that, uh, is this just like an illusion that we think we're a democracy, that we think that we're free, that we think, you know, we have all these freedoms and whatnot? But then something happens like 2016, and all of a sudden we say, oh, my God, that could just disappear overnight because if one, just one man says, you know, boom, gone, you know, there goes our rights, okay? Mm-hmm. There goes our freedoms. I mean, right now it's the whole mm-hmm. thing with the media that they're, they're free speech. They're trying, mm-hmm. you know, they, 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 you know they, so it, to me, you know, I'm sure that Chad means well, but then there's still people, you know, in that board of directors and the people from the foundation that, and, and, and when I saw that article about the N-word, uh, about the director of the foundation, okay, she's the head of the board. She's the board of, mm-hmm. she's the, the, of the foundation. Yet you have to, the foundation is the money arm of HRC, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing I said to myself. Well, I, they, they, she, you know, when she got fired, Chad decided, you know, just then she, and she resigned after that, is that they don't want, the people who are the liberals and the progressives and who will start hollering and shouting and screaming about that N-word that was used and all of a sudden just cut off the money. I think the decision was based more on will money disappear because of this. 
Okay, well, so know, they, I, had to, they had to correct it right away so mm-hmm. that the people wouldn't get insulted or offended or or figure or, or, or threaten to uh, do away with donations and so forth and so on, you know. Well, so well, that, you know, that was the like first I, I think it's also like, okay, you did what was, was, was expedient, you know. She said it, it's mm-hmm. wrong, you got rid of it. But where but, is the real discussion that within the LGBT community, there's racism, there's classism, and it's right. still going on. I mean, I was in a part of, of Detroit which getting gentrified, and there were some young-ish gay men. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was sort of like being a fly on the wall listening to them. <laughs> and, okay, and I said, now, I know at one moment they would probably say that, that we should all, like, lock arms because we're oppressed people, you know, and, and I'd be their sister in that. But in listening to them talk, they were the colonizers. They were... You know, the only time that they would talk about being oppressed and being, you know, persecuted, like, and and connecting with people of color was when some of their rights were being denied, but they didn't, they were really as As gay gay people. Their privilege. Yeah. Yeah. So, this group, you know. Right. Is this group of, of, of folks that you were listening to white or black? Well, come on now, you know they were white. I said, gentr- I said okay. gentrifying. Yeah. Gentrifying. Okay, okay. All right. I just, yeah, you know, I just want, I just wanted to get the picture straight in my head. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, they were, well, in, they were in an area where the community of black and people of color used to live, and are being pushed mm-hmm. out because of this gentrification. And mm-hmm. it was like they owned it. I mean, like they have come and they had owned it, and no connection with the community whatsoever. Although mm-hmm. I know if someone had called them, you know, gay, fag, whatever, then they'd be yeah, all yeah. up in arms and think that we should yeah, all but, rally. Yeah, but we have the same thing. We have, you know, the log cabin Republicans, for instance. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've never had any kind of anything in common with them, and I never understood how they could support some of the candidates that would run back then under the Re- Republican banner, you know, that, that mm-hmm. never acknowledged their homosexuality. Okay, so it was like, okay, why are you supporting this? You know these people for? I used to ask, you know, I used to talk with them and stuff, and I used to go to different events and stuff, but I just never understood. And I know, and, and HRC has a lot of Republicans in it also. They're not all Democrats, you know. So their mindset is is still in that area of you know the the white privilege, um, and that's sort of kind of you know, I'm gonna tell you. I know, because I had felt, you know, I, I sometimes I compare and say, you know, because my skin is white, I have had the, um, I've walked in somewhere and uh, people can't tell. They can't tell from my name. They can't tell from my skin color what I am. So they, they, they think I'm white, mm-hmm. okay? And I've, I know and I have felt that white privilege because as soon as, uh, they find out that I'm Puerto Rican, <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, the attitude changes, okay? So I know that there is white privilege. I know that that exists because I have, I have felt it, okay? And it, it has always left me puzzled, you know, but, and, I, and I don't say that I understand it 100%, but I know that it exists, and I know that it blinds. I know that it doesn't allow you to... Um, 
see beyond and see into the issues that are being talked about because they haven't experienced them. Okay, they don't they don't know how it feels. Okay, they 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 can't you know touch it. It's not tangible to them. Not emotionally. Not 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 you know tangibly. You know they just you know it just they just don't understand it. Okay. So they get a little confused when we talk about white privilege, okay, we, how they have it and others don't and so forth and so on. But uh, I know that uh, as a Puerto Rican um, who has light skins, I know that I've been treated differently, okay, when people mm-hmm. thought I was white, okay. So mm-hmm. it, it just, you know, and that, that's existed like forever because even when I my first job when I was like 18 years old, you know, <laughs> people didn't know what I was there. There was all white folks that I worked with when I was in the, this 1965, okay? Mm-hmm. And then one, one day they, they, they decided to ask me what I was because they couldn't tell from my last name. <laughs> and <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, my coworker said, and by the way, what are you? I found Puerto Rican. And what the response to me was, Oh, you're on welfare. Oh that was that's what they said back to me. I had never heard of welfare. I had to go home and ask my mother, What is welfare? My father worked every day of his life. You know, so it's like <laughs> and that's all I knew. He left at six o'clock in the morning, he got back at six o'clock in the evening, you know. And my mom was home, she cooked seven days a week. I mean, this is uh, welfare. What the hell is welfare? I had no yeah. idea what it was. Yeah, but you, this is how they, this is how they related, you know? For you so know, it's just, mm-hmm. But one of the points that you make too, okay, because, okay, it's about politics too. Uh, mm-hmm. And like you, I think that it's important that people of color are at the table and that our voices are being heard. And, mm-hmm. you know, there is that level of access, you know, like lobbying and all that normally that often we can't do. And, and by participating in lobby days, sometimes we can get it before someone and make a point. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking at a time, you know, since 2016 when it's all really like supposed to be all hands on deck. So mm-hmm. which identity, you know, do we where the most, or how do we we pull it all together? I mean, we saw, you know, after 2016, after his election, we saw the first March on Women. We've seen the second March on Women. We've seen the Me Too movement. And we've seen more women, people of color, running for Mm -hmm. and getting elected. But Mm -hmm. then you flip and you sort of see all this other stuff that's threatening us. So it's like, we're making headway, but then at the same point, we've got this this clear and present danger mm-hmm. going forward till at least 2020 when hopefully we can get them out. What have you seen from the first Women's March through all of these changes and the elections, and now we're coming into that really important, and which we've all been saying, grab them by the midterms. Midterms are right around the corner. You're there right. in Florida. Ten, ten. Ten weeks. You know. Ten weeks. Yeah. You know, this is the this is now the the, the the midterms are going to be more important than the twenty twenty because if we don't make a change mm-hmm. now, there's not going to be a twenty twenty for us. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. We have to make the change now because if we don't, uh, there's no telling how far this administration will go in order to shut us up. Okay, 
And they will be extreme. They will be extreme about it, okay? And that's my belief. So if 2018 doesn't rock the senses of everybody out there as to what and how it's going to affect each and every one of us, okay, uh, they're buried under a rock somewhere and they don't understand, they don't understand or they don't see it or they just don't believe it or, you know, because the way I look at it, I don't care how much his base is in support of him, there's still not enough of them to beat us. Mm. And when, I, when I say us, I mean women, men, 18-year-olds, the millenniums. I mean, every, everybody who, is, who understands that we are in danger as a society, okay, regardless of what we are, you know, as far as our color, our race, our religion, et cetera, et cetera, because this is a time when we have to say, what is it that is going to make us become the society that we want? That we we that we're accustomed to that the freedoms that we believe we have, okay. That if if I'm a woman, I'm able to you know be, be my own you know determinant as far as how I'm going to live my life, whether it be uh, if I decide to have an abortion or not, or whether I'm a lesbian or whether I'm married or not married, or I, any or any of those cultural things, whether I'm Hispanic or black. You know, white, whatever, I mean, whatever it is, okay? We have to come together as a society to bring us back to that place where we're going to have the choices that we can have to live the life that we want to live individually. Otherwise, if we don't do, if 2018 you know, fizzles out, there won't be a 2020. I'm telling you that right now. There won't be a, because this, this, this man, this, 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 this person, this, not even person, I can't even, you know, I can't even, it, it's just I can't bring my, say, to say, you know, POTUS, I can't say, I, I just can't bring, I haven't been able to say that in all this time. I, 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 drumph, uh-huh. that's how I refer to drumph, uh-huh. okay, uh-huh. and, and, he, you know, and the people that he has, surrounding him, okay, and what, I mean, they're power-struck. They're, they, they think that they're supposed to be in charge of everything and anything, okay, and that the people don't count. They have totally, totally forgotten that they work for the people because we don't even exist. We don't even exist in their vocabulary. If you hear them talking and stuff, it's not, they don't refer to us and what's good for us. Okay, they have this imaginary thing about how this country is supposed to be and that they, they are in charge and they'll be ruling it and that's how they're always, you know, referencing it. You know, it just, it just you know. No, 2018 has to be the time. We got 10 weeks. And I think that the things that have happened in Florida, in Georgia, in, um, in other places, in other states, you know, in, in Virginia, I mean, there's New York. I mean, there's... there's Elections that have been won, okay, that says a change is coming, okay? The wave, that wave is coming, okay? Okay. Uh, We, the people, have to make sure we can't can't get complacent. That's the thing. We cannot get complacent. We can't just sit back and say, oh, somebody else will take care of it. No. And the way I... You you were right. You're right there in Florida, okay? Mm -hmm. Andrew Gum. Yep. Well, I mean... 
What well, they didn't give him a chance. They did like not give him a chance. Had, they didn't give him a chance. Less money, everything, and here he is. He's the, the only mean, non-millionaire. He's 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 the only one that's not a millionaire. So mm-hmm. what, what what did you what did you see happening there? And you know, I saw you know, I mean, like they said, well, more Republicans voted, but the number of people who came out and did vote. No, I mean, the, 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 the numbers came anything. out. The numbers came out. No, Michelle, the numbers for the Democrat outer uh, came out a little while ago, and uh-huh. the 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 Democratic turnout in Florida almost doubled that of 2014 for primaries, for mm-hmm. primary. And this is only a primary. There was almost four million people. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so, I mean there was like a, 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 almost double for the Democratic for the Democratic mm-hmm. primary, okay, because usually that's the one that's the least amount of people that come out for primaries, okay? Mm-hmm. But this uh, double the 2014, double, and that just came out earlier. And you know, but you this know is, that happening. in Michigan, we had a primary. They ran, I mean, they had, based on the last one, they were running out of ballots because mm-hmm. more people came out. People are coming out, I mean, for the primaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's sort of... Yeah, I mean, this well, is... how do this we is, keep that from fizzling out? Well, because we have to keep our eye open. We have to make sure that they don't try to suppress the vote because they're trying to suppress it in every way possible, even to the fact that in Texas, you know, the, the story came out earlier today about how they're taking away passports from American citizens because mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. They, they, were, they, were, they were brought onto this, onto this earth by, a, by a, a midwife and that there had been a case back then that was settled in the 90s or something or other about these uh, midwives that had said, you know, please guilty to writing up, you know, some, some birth certificates that happened, you know, 60 years ago, okay? So people now, they're facing, you know, they're 40 years old, 50 years old, and their credentials are being taken away from them. So that means that when it comes time to vote, they're not going to be able to prove who they are. Okay, mm. so that's that's right. This is this is this has to do with the voting. I mean, this all of this stuff is not because of immigration or because of a wall or because of these people are criminal. No, they're working United States citizens who are being, you know, like harassed, okay, by our government in order to put and 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 there's so much going on about you know the 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 the, the voter suppression stuff you know in Randolph that in, in in Georgia Randolph County they were trying to close down seven of the nine polling places in the poorest black district in southern mm-hmm. Georgia okay the ACLU jumped right on in okay and declared it unconstitutional they can't do that so that that was blocked they can't close them down. And the reasons what they were giving because of why they were closing them down is because they weren't up to code on the handicapped stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, that's, and, and there's been, there's been voting going on in, that, in those polling places, you know, for years. Nobody has cried, uh, you know, about their handicap, you know, coding things out, out, of, out of date and stuff. No, nobody was crying before this year. Because they understand what's happening. They understand better, I think, than we do. You know, we liberals, progressives, because sometimes we don't get deep into it, you know. But the, the, the one thing that the Republicans do is they dig deep into whatever it is, and they figure out how people feel about things, okay? And then they attack on that kind of stuff. 
right? So, and they and they see all the vulnerabilities. Okay, they see all of them, and they use them. And and we 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 still haven't we still haven't learned how to not be civil. Okay, we need to be civil mm-hmm. all the time as Democrats, and because we think that's the polite thing to do and that's the correct thing to do, and we're not supposed to be cussing and we're not supposed to be attacking and we're not supposed to be digging up all kinds of crap and stuff, you know, from the past about people and whatnot, you know. But they do it, mm-hmm. and it works, they, and it works for them. But, again, I'm going to say, whatever that 34%, 37%, or whatever it is that is the base of this administration, that is not enough to win. And that's what we have to understand, that if we all get together, okay, whether you're black, you're white, Hispanic, Chinese, Asian, whatever, whatever, whatever you are, and you're able to vote in this country, that's what you're supposed to do, okay? And like I said, when, when I said I, I'm traveling 500 miles to get back to Georgia so I can vote for Stacey, okay? And I don't want to hear somebody say to me, I couldn't get to my polling place. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, make, you start now. You start now trying to figure out how you're going to do that, okay? That's right. We're going to take our first break here. And okay. we're going to talk some more about this because, I mean, this is just like, to me, one of the most important things that we need to be talking about. Oh, absolutely. About right now. And I want to, I want to, I want to talk about how you, you asked something about what happened, what, what was, you know, between Gillum and Stacy. What is it that happened? How did people, you know? I, I have my notions on that too. So when we come back, okay. maybe we can talk about that for a minute. Definitely. Okay. okay. Yes. Okay. This episode of Collections by Michelle Brown is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services, bringing balance to your mind, body, and spirit. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit the Center at www.thecenterforpeacellc.com. back here on collections by Michelle Brown and we're talking about to me what is the hottest topic now about mm-hmm. voting getting out to vote and who's coming out to vote I mean you know one of the things like like we we talked about I mean we have had more people of color women you know LGBT I mean openly trans all these people mm-hmm. who are running and they're getting elected and you're winning. winning and winning yes okay and mm-hmm. so Florida and Georgia. I mean, mm-hmm. are, these are not the places where you would expect to see. I mean, you know, Georgia has had African Americans, but on this level, can you talk about that? That's where you were headed right before we took our break. To talk yes. About okay. Well, and, let me. Let me. Yeah. Let me. Let me. Yeah. Let me. Let me touch on Georgia for a minute and Stacy. Okay. Okay. What I think. What, what you know at the time. I mean, Stacy started years ago. She knew where she was going. Okay. 
she was at the time she was the minority leader in the House of Georgia, okay, in the House of Representatives, okay. But two, three years ago, I saw her speaking up in White County. White County is upstate where I, I used to live in Habersham, which is White County is next door. And uh, she went up there. She went to other districts and other counties to talk during from from two, three years ago. What she what she did. Okay, she went to talk to the people that she didn't see every day because she's in Atlanta, okay? And uh-huh. so she went out into the there's 159 districts in, in, in Georgia. She touched on all of them. Uh-huh. She touched on every single one of them. She went door to door. She actually talked to people who were different than her, okay? She went uh-huh. after the moderates. She went after the Republicans. She talked to them, introduced herself. And they, in the conversations, you find out, you know, who she is while she's finding out who they are and what their needs are, okay? This is, this is what she did, and I know that for a fact. And I believe that Gillum did the same thing because he's the mayor of Tallahassee, which is mm-hmm. all the way up north, okay, on, on, on 10, all the way up there. And he, he wiped out that lady Graham, who was the favorite because she was the daughter of a former governor, okay, in Broward County, which is all the way on the other side in the southern part, which is like Fort Lauderdale and all that, okay? So, and he wiped her out there where they thought that she would be able to hold her own, and she didn't. And he came from behind uh-huh. because he went out there and he talked to the people. I saw, you saw the ads. I mean, he had ads up there. And it wasn't putting anybody down or anything. What he was saying was, this, look, I'm, you know, he, uh, his, his own life story about he was poor. And who, 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 who told me that I could be mayor of, you know? Who uh-huh. told me that I could, you know, a black man can be this, you know? I've done that, you know? He's not a millionaire. He's just a working fool, okay, like the rest of us, okay? Uh-huh. But he went and he talks to the people, and no, that's you know, the whole thing. And I think that's how the transgender folks won. I think that's how Ocasio mm-hmm. won in New York. They went out into the district, okay, themselves. They didn't just send out their volunteers. They went out themselves mm-hmm. and knocked up people's doors, sat on their patios, went into their living rooms, you know. It was more than just a commercial on TV. It was live, you know, up front and tell me what the problems are so I know. Okay, and I and I and I think that's how most of these folks that have won in today's world and the way that things are, okay, because they went to the people to find out what their issues are. That, that's, well, you know, that's and, and I, I think too that mm-hmm. as you see, I mean, there's something about younger voters and voters who have maybe traveled, lived around, and stuff to where they're and people who are, as they say, woke who are listening to all of these things, because I know that, I mean, I lived in Atlanta a while back, okay, but I didn't stay there. I mean, I wasn't there that long, but I know that people would say, well, you know, you're cool in Atlanta, but you don't want to go here or there, especially after dark. And the fact that you said that Stacey Abrams went all over and talked to everybody, that says that there's a shift. And I think that Mm -hmm. it's, you know, I mean, and when you look at the voters, although we still have some young people, youngish, who are voting, mm-hmm. who say that the Republicans are doing it, but the people who are, are energized and are coming out are 
young. They're millennials. They're mm-hmm. even a little mm-hmm. older, but they're people who are out there who are coming out of the woodworks yes, and but who are hearing the, this it's message. The, it's the 18-year-old that I like mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they have, they have, they have, you know, they, 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 they are experiencing a case through unfortunate, you know, unfortunate circumstances and tragedies. They are experiencing what the government won't do for them, okay, mm-hmm. and how they still, regardless of how many get killed in these schools, high schools and whatnot, mm-hmm. that the government still will not do go up against the NRA and all this other kind of stuff. And they, 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 and these schools, like in the one here in Florida that um, they, the 17 mm-hmm. died and stuff, mm-hmm. they, these kids, these kids are so aware. They're so aware. Okay. And they're so like intelligent. But then I, I asked around, I find out that they have debates in that school. I never had a debate when I was in school in 19, mm-hmm. oh, in the 1960s and 50s and stuff. They were, I, there was no debating, <laughs> uh-huh, but they're uh-huh. debating the actual stuff that is happening, okay? Uh-huh. So they're getting the information. They're getting, they're getting the both sides of the story, and they're determining what it is. They're making up their own minds as to what is right and what is wrong, okay? Uh-huh. And that's, I love that about that because they, 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 they are taking, you know, they're taking up, you know, they, they're out there still. You know, the, the, the kids are still out there doing their rallies and their protests, they were up at the um, somewhere here in Florida, and I'm trying to think of which one. The, the, the at the um, they were up at some federal building that had to do with guns, you know, and and and, uh-huh. um, and they were protesting and stuff. So they're still active. They're still, you know, doing. They haven't given up, okay. And these kids, uh-huh. are, these kids, are gonna be able to vote in November. That's right. Okay, they That's voted. Right. They voted in the primaries because a lot of them are 18 already, mm-hmm. and there was the biggest, the biggest registration in, ever for 18-year-olds in Florida, ever. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean they they registered, and then they went around. You know, they made they did a they did a national thing, and they registered, they registered millions of 18-year-olds across the nation. All right. So, I mean, and that's going to become evident, and it's becoming evident because of all the victories throughout the nation in the different states and whatnot, okay, so that you know that that has already, you know, that, that, that power has already been put out there, okay, with these young people and stuff. So, it's just, you know, it, 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 we, 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 the, the main problem that we as, as the people uh, is that we get complacent sometimes and that we lay back and say somebody else is going to do that. Well, nobody else is going to do that. We have to stay vigilant. We have to stay aware. We have to be informed. We have to make sure that we're not getting, because now what they have the algorithm, algorithm, and the stuff that's on the Facebook, mm-hmm. and they get, they're feeding false stories. I, wrote an, I read an article the other day that they've already gotten uh, the, the, the conservative Facebook employees out there mm-hmm. putting false stuff on Facebook to counteract what liberals and, and Democrats and progressives are writing about or letting people know about and stuff. So, and they're attacking that through the, and they're right there. You know, they're part of the Facebook thing. Okay. 
So, and that's the big thing, you know, there's a, there's a whole lot of, you know, I'm not a tech person and stuff, really. I can barely understand how it all works, but I mean. <laughs> you know what, that's, the, that's the beauty of young people. Young people get it. Okay. Yeah, and they, they get it. Using, they might be using Facebook, but they are on Instagram, Twitter. Oh, yeah. They're, and so and, they, are and they, know how to, they know how to merge all these things at one time. You know what I mean? <laughs> Because when, I said, when you look at when when the the youth had the march against violence, I mean, mm-hmm. all the people that they brought out, these were high school kids. You know, right. who were talking about what they saw, and they did. That's they right. called them out and said, "We'll be able to vote," and they made uh-huh. sure that there was space for everybody on the mm-hmm. platform. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that is just like. This is the future, you know. This is right, the right. And they, they, these, these young kids, the 18-year-olds, they, they don't care if you're white or you're black or you're Hispanic or you're Jewish or you're Catholic or Baptist. They don't care. They don't care if you're gay or straight. They don't care. They just, mm-hmm. they just want to know that you're in the same mindset and that the freedoms that you want for yourself, you want for me too, Okay. So that's, I mean, and that's the beauty of it. That is the beauty of it. And that's what we as adults, as supposedly the elders have to really understand, you know, and everybody in between. And the people who don't understand are those 34, 37% or whatever it is that support the current administration. They really don't get it. They don't see it. They just don't see it, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they just don't see it. But we, as those groups that they look at us and say that we are a minority because they, they, they slot us, well, we're not in the minority if we get all together, Okay. We're not the majority. We, we will be the majority, okay? Don't classify us into all these little groups. No, 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 no. We're one group. We're one people. You know, we're one society, one community. Because this is what we we this is what we believe, and it's universal amongst the other, you know, what you sixty know, percent of the people. Okay. <laughs> It's universal, all right? And that's what we have to get into our heads, that we are the majority, that it is universal amongst us. Yes, we have our own individual, you know, complaints and qualms and and, and whatever it is that we think needs to be adjusted and fixed and remedied and whatever else. Yeah, but right now what we need is our society remedied and get it back to where it was so that we can continue a life that we know, otherwise it will be unrecognizable, and this mm-hmm. administration will, will not hesitate to annihilate and get rid of those groups that they don't think will ever support them, okay? They, they won't, you know, I mean, this is why they're not, you know, the, the, all these, these uh, nationalist kind of um, groups and stuff see this administration as their thing because they – they're afraid of losing power, number one, because they, 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 they know that they're not, they're not multiplying at the same rate as the rest of us, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you because know, we, we keep talking about this blue wave, wave coming, but you know what? As you look at that blue wave, I mean, um, here in Michigan, we had Rashida Tlaib, who will be a Muslim woman going to, going mm-hmm. to Congress. Right. We have Alexandria yes. Ocasio-Cortez mm-hmm. from New York. Stacey right. Abram, uh, Andrew Gillum, and so many others who are yep. people of color who are queer. This blue wave is not just, you know, a blue democratic wave. It's really a paradigm shift in power. Yes. 
And that's, that's what we, the red, everybody has to see. This is not just one group, okay? This is not just one ethnicity. This is just not one culture. This is, we have become one people out of necessity at this point, okay? If that's how you want to look at it. But we need to recognize it, and we need to do what we need to do, okay? And, that, and, that, and the remedy is that we have to vote in November, no matter where we are. November becomes the urgency, the urgency, the it, it becomes the urgent, the urgent activity that we have to do. Okay, that that it, it's a must. There are no excuses of why you cannot. Okay, um, you 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 know, it's it's like you're, you're twelve hours. The polls they have early voting in most places. You know, on the day of that Tuesday, November sixth, at least from seven to seven, no matter where you are. It's 12 hours. You can, you know, if you need to get up early, if you have to be at the job at 9 o'clock, well, then be at the polling place at 7 a.m. so you can vote before you go to work, okay? I mean, uh-huh. it's a one-day thing, you know. It's a one-day thing. And I don't care. You start planning now if you have to carpool, if you have to do whatever it is. You, you get together with your neighbors. You make sure that everybody is able to get to where they need to go, you know. And um, it's just like once I get up there, I'll be available to drive people, you know, after I'm going to try to get up there early, early, then vote early so I can be available if people need in that area or somewhere else. I'll come back down to Atlanta. Whatever it is, you know, once I let people know, if, if you need people to be there to drive people, I'll be there. Just tell me what corner to be on, okay, <laughs> with, with, now, you know, with my little car. You know, I mean, <laughs> Everywhere, I mean, and I've heard from people from across the country. I heard of Pam Harris, who's a lesbian running for city council in Oakland. There's Maria Hedden, who's running in Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. Places where before women, women of color, queer people didn't, didn't have never had a voice. Right. Why? You know, I love that you are so passionate about voting. <laughs> and, you know, and, like, we hear young people who are getting it. We hear some of it. But you hear a lot of people, like, you know, but like you said, any reason. Oh, it looks like it was going to rain. The line might be. No, I don't care. Put your raincoat on. Put your, put your goggles on. Whatever it is, your boots, whatever they call those things these days, you know. Uh, your raincoat, umbrella. Get wet. It's only water, okay? I mean. <laughs> what what kept you this passionate? About not only because I've you know, over the years. Well, because I've never you know, once I found and I became you know activist in Atlanta, and I, I prior to that I didn't know about lobbying and all this other kind of stuff. I was one of those folks like okay, I mean there's these people that we have to sort of kind of bow down to, and we can't we can't just call them any name or anything. We can't do this, we can't do that. Until I figured out about the lobbying thing, and I was taught how to go and lobby, and then I was told that they must come out to me because I am a constituent, okay? And that when I, if I'm in, in under the gold dome there and I give the usher a request to see my representative, he is obligated, she or he is obligated to come out to see me, okay? And if they don't, they're in violation of, of my constituency, okay? So, and I, when, I, when I understood that whole notion that these people are supposed to answer to me. When I, when I got that 
in my head, okay, because prior to that, I, you know, I, I had never learned anything about politics. At home, we never talked about politics when I was a teenager and stuff, you know. My father read the Daily News, okay, <laughs> you know, so it was all about New York City, and what was, you know, and it's like, you know, politics was just not a part of the conversation at any time in my home. And as I grew older, I mean, I became a little bit more interested and more interested. And then when I hit Atlanta, what got me into the whole spectrum of, of the activism is that there was such a separation between the white and the black, okay? And my, my life had always been, you know, mixed, okay? I mean, I, there was no separation for me. My, my home was always like, you know, there was always black people. There was always white people. There was always Hispanic people. There was always any, whatever you were. I didn't care, okay? And nobody cared. So it was like, you know... That's not, you know, when I, when I hit Atlanta, I said, man, something's got it. That's how, one of the reasons I joined Atlanta Pride and one of the reasons I, you know, I joined HRC and some of the other organizations that I belong to down in, in Atlanta and stuff because I just wanted to understand, you know, how it was that people were looking at this and why is it that the white lesbians can't hang out with the black lesbians. I, you know, we, we do have something in common, girls. You know, that's what I used to tell them all the time. We do have something in common, okay? <laughs> you know, but it was like, you know, they just had their own separate clubs. They went dancing in different places, and it was like, oh. So I joined the white organization so I could understand. I always hung out with the blacks and Hispanics. So, but I joined the white organization so I can understand their mentality and where they were coming from. And it winds up that there was fear. They were afraid. They were intimidated. They were, you know, there was all kinds of reasons, you know. And likewise for the black, you know, lesbians saying, oh, they don't want us, you know. I don't really care if they don't want you, okay. That's, I don't care if they don't want me. We're, we're a community, and we're trying to achieve certain things, you know. And, to, and why are you afraid of my friend over here? You know, she, she's not going to hit you, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, that's, and that went on with the transgender community also because they were also a little bit skittish about which, you know, because they were, they, you know, it's a, the transgender community is a very tight-knit, you know, but um, even even the trans, I remember, you know, you know, talking with the transgender community and stuff, and how they were, you know, afraid to come to those events where there were, you know, the white lesbians and black lesbians together, and then they they felt that they would be shunned, you know, that they wouldn't be become a part of, you know, and that that I said, no, come, come on, come on, come on, <laughs> you know, like they got my passion comes from the fact that it, we have some, we have more in common. Then we have differences. That's where my passion is, okay, the fact that I want people to see that, you know, and I used to write about it back then and everything like this, you know, and I, I was always, you know, putting stuff up when, when, when talking you know, about it on the radio, when I had the radio show in Atlanta and stuff. I mean, for years, we have more in common than we have differences, and that's what people have to understand. You know, That's and it's true. like even John McCain said that too. You know, so it's like uh-huh, uh-huh. the Republican, the Republican said that. You know what I mean? So it it is when people when when I don't care who we are, who we you know like where you come from and stuff. There's there's some simple things that we all want. We all want to you know we want to be loved. We want to be uh, we want to be uh, calm. We want to be you know 
had a had a decent kind of you know life. We want to have we, if we have kids, we want to be able to raise them, provide for them. You know, we want to be able to eat every day. You know, we want to be uh-huh. able to you know live somewhere you know that's decent or whatever. You know, it doesn't have to be fancy or anything. But you know. It, it's, we have more in common than we have differences. Our, our, our needs and our wants don't differ that much. And, and the more I talk to people from different nationalities now and stuff like that, and we talk about our childhood, it's like, gee, we used to do that too, you know? Wow, we had that tradition. We had that tradition too, you know? And I'm Hispanic, and they may be Irish or, you know, Scottish or some, from somewhere else in Europe somewhere, you know? So, but they had those traditions just like I had my traditions from my family in Brooklyn, okay? So, I mean, you know, and it doesn't matter where you come from and what exotic place, there's traditions that people experience that are similar, you know, no matter what part of the world you come from, okay? But I need to, t- one story though, okay. <laughs> and I want one, one story which I think you're, 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 you're in, 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 in meeting up the people that, um, believe the fake news, for instance, okay? Uh-huh. I actually met, I won't no names, I, I actually met the Russian lady at the uh, dog park. And uh, we, got, we got, you know, got to talking and whatnot. We actually got onto Facebook, we friended each other and whatnot. Eventually I had to do away with her on that. I had to sort of kind of, because I had my friends from Atlanta in the politics were asking me, if, uh, if somebody had hacked my Facebook and it was there a Russian bot, uh. you know, answering my posts and stuff. <laughs> and as, I was, as our conversations grew and they got more complicated and more, you know, it was like, okay, so where are you getting your stuff from, okay? And she kept insisting that they, they didn't hear, they didn't listen to the TV or anything like that. I said, but, you know, where would you get this from? Because you know, she was going back years, bringing up uh-huh. all kinds of different kind of things and co- comparing and, and, in other words, reinforcing and agreeing with the drunk, okay? And uh-huh. I was like, I even had to send her information to my brother, who is FBI, okay, was retired. And I asked uh-huh. him to check on her. <laughs> Cause what, and my brother suggested I, sh- I should just very politely just sort of kind of do away with her because he he, he didn't like what he saw, okay? <laughs> you know, and then my, my political friends, you know, in Atlanta were asking me, and one, or one of my friends, one of my cousins, in fact, from um, – He's in, um, where, he's not in Florida now, I'm thinking he's up on the East Coast somewhere, but he got into a back and forth with her. And I said, uh-oh. <laughs> no, watch out. He's, well, he's very, he's very well informed, very articulate, you know, very, you know, and he was, he was challenging her to everything. And she was coming back with these articles that were just ridiculous, you know. And then finally he said, who is this loony bin you got on your thing? Yeah. <laughs> So at that point, I had to do away with it, you know, but it, it's, it's interesting because, you, you know, with everything that's going on and, and then you encounter something like this and, you, and it, all of a sudden it sort of kind of all falls into place and you understand why people are thinking the way they're thinking because they're getting this stuff from somewhere, you know what I mean? And they, uh-huh. they're, referring, they're referring to these, all these articles that are just outdated or are coming from all these conservative websites. Okay, and they're taking it as truth. 
They're mm-hmm. taking it as truth. And there's nothing that you can say to convince them that they're not re- reading the right stuff, you know? <laughs> no, nothing you can say. I mean, they are just on no. on that. I know. I mean, I mean, other than that, she's fine. She's got a couple of kids. I've met them, you know, it, and, and we go to the dog park still. We still talk and stuff, but I try to stay away from the politics. Yeah, every now and then she'll send me another article. I sort of delete it because I don't even want to deal with it, you know. But it's just, <laughs> it's just like, you know, but this, then, then, you know, I just put it in, in its proper place. And I say, okay, this is why I 34, 37% or whatever it is, this is why they think that way precisely what information that she's getting, all these other folks are getting the same stuff. You know? Yeah, they are. Well, we're going to take our next break, and then we come back. Um, I'm going to mm-hmm. take us back to the beginning and get your thoughts on where we go from here. So we'll be okay. right there. Collections by Michelle Brown airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. You can subscribe now and listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Be sure to like the Collections by Michelle Brown Facebook page and mark your calendar so you never miss an episode. here with Betty and we've been talking about a little bit of everything but Betty when we started out you know I talked about and you and I both talked about how you know wanting to be engaged you know wanting to have you know our seat at the table how we became involved with with organizations that to try to amplify our voices Mm -hmm. and you know it's gone all over the place I think that in some ways you know after marriage I mean like Suddenly they gave us something and we all came together and we fought, fought and marched and talked and about mm-hmm. marriage. And then marriage got it and we haven't, I mean, although we know that there are a lot of, there's still hate crimes, we still don't have uh, uh, Enda, you know, we have Enda, a right. president mm-hmm. who is like erase, trying to erase everything, you know, he didn't yeah, recognize the gay pride month. I mean, right. where do we go from here? If If you were to speak to... Uh, a young Betty who's looking, who was where you were and is coming, and she came to you and she said, you know what, what do we need to be doing to move our community forward? What are the, what are the things that we need to still think about and what do we need to do to get there? Well, we, we need to do the same things that we needed to do back, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and that depend on the big organizations. I still believe that. I still believe that we, us, we could get together and we could accomplish because Gillum, okay, proved it to us that it's not the money, it's the vote, okay? Uh-huh. He won, and, and that's what he used to say. He, he just said it again this morning. It's not the money, it's the vote, okay? We have to acknowledge the power that we have because we hold the power. We just don't know how to use it, Okay? because nobody ever taught us. The young people are learning, and they understand 
the lobbying stuff, and they understand that you have to stay vocal and that you have to stay present, that you have to, you have to keep, you know, being and harassing them and agitating them, okay? And you have to just keep your voice loud, okay? No matter how many times they tell you to shut up, no, refuse to shut up. You've got to keep reminding them that they work for you, okay? And that in, in, when it, you know, election time, you're going to vote them out. You know, they have, they, the people who are elected have to understand that the power that the people have will determine whether they're going to keep those jobs that they have or they're going to have to go find another profession because there's too many of them that go in there and make careers out of it, okay? They get too comfortable. They don't care. They get lobbyists. The lobbyists are paying them off. They're doing legislation that's going to support the, um, the, uh, the, the, uh, the corporations that are paying the lobbyists and they ignore what the needs of the people are because most corporations don't care because the corporations think that they're, they're people too, okay? <laughs> so we have to, the Patriot Act has to go away, okay? That's number one, so the corporations don't keep thinking that they're people too, okay? That's one of the things that has to be done away with. And I think, you know, most of the folks at the Warrens and the Bernies and all that, they're, they're working on that kind of stuff and stuff, and that's great. But... Um, we have we 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 have to um, not not just simply concentrate our, on on our own individual like okay I'm Puerto Rican I have to worry only about Puerto Rican no I have to worry about the whole society that I belong to and that means Puerto Rican it means lesbian it means you know the the uh, the uh, the uh, the um, you know same sex marriage rights our our voices our our right to be able to marry and continue to get married without, you know, being harassed. It means the religious freedoms, and that they cannot use religion against us, okay? Uh, you know, because my, my lifestyle, to me, doesn't affect anybody. It doesn't do good or bad. It doesn't affect them in any way. How they can dis- determine what services they're going to provide to me based on their personal religious beliefs and stuff, that's their belief. And that's how you want to live. I respect that. But don't inflict that on me, okay? And you know, they, all these things that are going through with the stores that don't have to service people because of their religious beliefs. That, that's crazy. That's just insane stuff, okay? To me, uh-huh. we, have to, we have to stand our ground, you know, uh, and that, not mean with guns and stuff like that. We just have to be principled about it, and we have to stand up for our rights. We have to speak up. We, we, we can't be afraid, okay? We can't be afraid to say what we think, okay? Because I mean, I'm dealing with something. I'm dealing with right now part of my stationary stuff is because I'm so unsure about the environment out there politically-wise, Okay, I don't know how people would react, you know. I don't know if I'm safe. I travel alone. Mm-hmm. So I, I found myself a safe zone, and I'm trying to wait it out, okay, before I journey into the Alabamas of the world and the Mississippis and all those other places, <laughs> you know. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been, I've been to southern Alabama last year, and that, they were pretty cool there, but all of this stuff hadn't really ignited to this point, and people still were not, you know, it was still early on. Um, it was just past the election stuff, so we hadn't really been, you know, really, like, really, really, like, noticing all the stuff that was going on, just simple as that. But it's just, uh, it's, it's a little different. People are just beating up on people now just because, I mean, people are killing each other. People are, you know, 
uh, just because they believe something and the other person, mm-hmm. then they, they, they think that they could do whatever they want to them, you know, and that is justified because hate has taken over, okay, because it's like, you know, it, it, they've been enabled by an administration that just preaches the difference, of, you know, between people and, 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 and that, you know, there's, there's, there's the better and the worse, you know, and that's not, you know, that's, it's just not, it's not a good thing, okay? But this is what people are believing, and, um, and they're acting on it, and, and it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I still have my Hillary Clinton sticker on my, on my RV, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, know, I, don't I, feel, I don't feel like getting shot at, you know? I mean, like, it's just, <laughs> I mean, but that, that's my own, that's my own thing, you know, because I want to feel safe. I've never, I've never, you know, no matter where I've lived, and I've lived in all kinds of different neighborhoods and you know, integrated, non-integrated. I mean, I just, you know, places I've been, stuff, and I've never been hesitant about entering anywhere okay or being around any kind of any kind of folks or anything like that you know so it it just to me it was just okay we're all human beings and it's like we're all here and you know what's the difference you know like I said my household when I lived in in, you know when I lived in the same-sex household and I was raising my girls and stuff um there was no we half of the house was black and the other half uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican and my daughter's mixed she's Italian and Puerto Rican I mean you know so it's like and our home was always filled with people and they were of all shades and all nationalities and all religions and it didn't matter of all professions it didn't matter and to me that that's normal okay I mean that's uh-huh. normal to me the person. I, I don't judge a person on the color or their religion. I, I judge the person on how they treat me and if they're good and, you know, and, and, and it's just, you know, if they don't, be, you know, they don't have any malice or if they have a good heart and, you know, that's what counts to me, okay? But, you know, it's just uh, how people can divide because people don't look like them or they don't go to the same church or because, you know, or they go to different schools or, you know. I mean, it's just, you know, to me, it's just, you know, it's mind-boggling to me. Okay. Well, you know, you're not the only one. I mean, I've had talked to, to more and more people who sort of say, like, well, I'm okay now, but they are feeling that fear, you know, because yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's just been, like, stirred up that it's okay to say these things. And you see it all the time, you know, where people just think that it's okay for whatever, you know, it comes up, it comes mm-hmm. out, they say it, things that I'm sure, you know, if, if this atmosphere of of vitriol wasn't about that they would think. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, but right. now they do this, and like you said, here you are on the road by yourself, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's scary. I mean, you know, it's, it's really scary, scary yeah. but it shouldn't I mean, be. You, get, you should be right. living your dream. I should be living my dream. I say, exactly, you know, but it's okay. I'm taking care of my, my health and whatnot, and I just want to make sure that when I do set back out again that I'm in good shape and I'm taking this opportunity to do that so that after November things clear up and I can see that, that, that you know, attitudes are changing and stuff out here, then I can proceed my journey and whatnot, you know, but I, I don't want to wind up in some little, you know, little town somewhere in Mississippi and disappear, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> You know, it's like, you know, I, that's not what I feel like doing, okay? And I don't want to have to be thinking about stuff like that, you know? So it's just, 
Yeah, it, it's it's to me it's you know I'm 70 years old and it's like I've never ever thought like this before. I mean, I said, well, geez, I I I picked the wrong time to be out here. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I could have been safely at home in in Clarksville, Georgia. <laughs> but I I I knew my neighbors. They were different than me. Yes, they thought different than me. Yes, but we had something in common. We were neighbors, and when we needed each other, we were there to help each other. Okay, they were mostly Republicans. Okay, I had one Democrat across the street. Okay, but <laughs> but they never. When I put my signs up in the lawn, they never took them down. Okay, they they knew I was a Democrat. They knew I was I was a lesbian. They knew that all my neighbors knew. Okay, but that didn't that didn't keep them from Betty. Can you help me with this, Betty? Can I borrow your mower, Betty? Uh, you need anything? Okay, you know that never kept them from you know or us from helping each other and watching out for each other, okay? So that's the environment that I want to be able to feel that I'm in. I don't care what your politics are. I really don't, okay? I don't care what your religion is. I just want you to be able to let me live regardless. You know I'm a I'm Puerto Rican. You know that I'm a lesbian. You know I'm a, a, I'm a single female. I don't, I, the men were always very respectful there in Habersham. My neighbors are never disrespectful or anything like that. You know, the, I mean, they were curious and they would ask me what, you know, the, 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 the relatives of some of my neighbors, they, they didn't know what a Puerto Rican was. <laughs> that's, where that, that's where that happened. When they, were, I was, they, were, they asked me, you know, what, what, what was I, you know? And the guy didn't know what Puerto Rican was. They didn't know that I was a United States citizen. And then they said, well, since when? You know, <laughs> but that's no. the same thing. That's, but that's the same thing that's happening now, you know, because people just, they don't teach about Puerto Rico in school. They don't teach about, you know, how we won, you know, Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands and the Philippines and Guam and, you know, these are all, you know, Philippines are no longer because they declared their independence, but they, they're all part of the United States of America. You know, it's like they're citizens, and people don't know that. They're so, wow. close, they're so, they're so closed into their own little world, you know, and it doesn't expand uh-huh. to be, you know, very far. So they don't know that there's another world out there, okay? That's, and and it's, 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 a, it's a shame. It's a shame because, I mean, a lot of the people that are out here camping and stuff, some of them have been, you know, the, well, the Europeans have been, you know, of course, they're from Europe and they come here, but they know a lot more about our history than the American people. That yeah, I there are many Americans, you know. Right. They, they, don't, they don't know our history. They don't know, you know, they just, you know, they travel from state to state and they see the sites and the waterfalls and the, and the this and the rain, you know, whatever, whatever is in that state that they're supposed to see, you know. They go and see that. But they haven't been to Europe. Now, I haven't been to Europe either, but I haven't asked. It's on my bucket list. I'm hoping to go, but I know a lot of Europeans, so I've learned a lot through them about how life is and what some of their customs are and stuff, you know. And, um, I, you know, it just, um, I've always had the aspiration of going to another country to visit or to live. I mean, I don't see myself always living in the United States of America. I just, you know, that's just uh-huh. something that, you know, how you you sort of kind of perceive things and you say, oh, well, you know, someday, you know. Yeah. And, you know, Costa Rica is still on the agenda, you know. And, um, but I, I slowed up because, my, you know, at my mom's death, I finally, in May, I finally got back to her gravesite and I was able to get that out of my system because I hadn't been back to the gravesite. And that's one of the things that detained me in Florida because my whole thing was, my journey was to go back down to the gravesite because she's buried in Miami. 
And I hadn't been able to do that in the last two years because when she passed, it was sudden. And um, I, I, it was hard to deal with. It was hard to deal because she was supposed to be with me traveling. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I have, I have her, I named my RV after her and I have her picture up on the wall so that I can talk to her all the time. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, one of the things, you know, that we were promised, you know, when, when someone came aboard to make America great again and how great <laughs> it was going to be for people. And here you are, you're retired. Um, you should be living your dream. How, what, how has that impacted you as far as health care, economics, um, housing? Yeah, well, I mean, I- yeah, well, I live, I live in my RV, okay, and what I did is I joined up all the uh, camping networks, I, no, 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 a lot of them. Uh, I have, like, three of them, and um, uh-huh. I, I pay my little maintenance. One, I paid out, out, I, outright so that I have full usage of that. I just pay, like, a $45 a month on that for maintenance, and, but I can camp for free, okay, and that includes my electric, my water, and my sewage, all right, so I, when I park, I can park at, at, at parks sometimes for three weeks, and then other parks I can park for two weeks. So I have several parks here in this area that I just go back and forth, you know, make a round robin, you know. Uh-huh. And I, I, I park for free, and uh, I, I pay my little maintenance every month and stuff on the things. And uh, it, economics, it's, it's fine. I mean, I, I buy my food, and I get my propane so I can have my hot water, because the RV is self-contained. I have a stove. I have a shower, um, sink. You know, it's a self-contained. You know, I have a queen-size bed. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's, it's it's self-contained and it's smaller, you know, than what I'm used to and stuff. But it's me and my dogs. You know, two little guys. And I have uh-huh. their little kennels. I have their kennels situated where, if they, if, and I, I I don't use their the kennels for anything except that if they want to go, in, if they want to go in and rest, they do. Um, I, I don't lock the doors on them or anything, but um, um, it's just you know I have my TVs, one in the living room, one in the in the bedroom. It's you know I have my series radio. I listen to it on my cell phone. I have my laptop. I don't use as much because I've you know I use most of the stuff I do on 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 my um, on my cell phone. So because I have that unlimited thing, the uh, senior plan from T-Mobile. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which is which is very inexpensive, and um, after like twenty something odd years with Straight Talk, I switched this year to T-Mobile because they had the uh, unlimited, you know, and uh, and it was only like five hours more than when I was paying with Straight Talk, and it was and they give you more stuff, you know, they give you more stuff. Uh-huh. Of course, I can tether I can tether my phone with them, so I could actually get my laptop up up and run it off my phone. So oh, okay. Don't have that don't have. I used to be paying for a hotspot, so I don't have to pay for the hotspot anymore. So mm-hmm. economically, I mean, you know, and you know, like I said, I I my, my I have my little stash put away for emergencies and stuff, thanks to my mom because there was an inheritance from from that, and that's inside. That was the stash, and I had my my pension from New York City and my social security, and that gets me through everything. I get pay my bills, and I'm doing okay with that, and. Uh, you know, um, uh, it's just, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's, uh, there's a lot less to do than when you're, like, out, you know, like, in a real, like, you know, living in a house and stuff, but more 
sure, like smaller things to do there. There's a lot of maintenance on the RD. You have to make sure your septic tank is always clean. You gotta make sure your caulking is in place because otherwise the water will start leaking in, and you know RDs. Water is the biggest enemy. Um, you got, you know, I just replaced my awning yesterday. I got a brand new awning on the front, and it looks real pretty because they finally matched it up with the color of the uh, the stripes on the RV itself. Uh-huh. Before it was the the one that they had replaced it previously when I when I you know, that was on there when I bought the thing was not you know a co- co- color coordinated. <laughs> so that lasted two years, but it started ripping up, drying out. So it's just uh, so now I have a new one out there as of yesterday, and uh, I did have a mishap where my rear window was smattered, uh, shattered, I should say, by a mower, a mowing guy at one of the other campgrounds. Uh-huh. So I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for the replacement window because it was the rear escape window, and it was a special order that it's just not a just a window that they can put up there. They have to put in the original kind of thing, so they had to order it. And I've been waiting since July 1st for that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I have the insurance. Yeah, but uh-huh. but you know, other than you know, it's, I'm doing okay. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's 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 a good life. I think it's a good life. I, I like it. You know, but uh-huh. I do miss my stationery. You know, I just I I, I I do miss my having having that place to say I'm going to go home because I'm actually traveling in home. You know, uh-huh. but um, I I I'm I'm a I'm a a settling kind of person. You know, every time I go somewhere and. I'm just going to be here a couple of years, you know. I wound up being in Georgia for 21 years, and I came down just to visit, okay, when I first came down to Georgia. I wound up living there for 21 years, and uh, mm-hmm. that was not the intention, you know. So mm-hmm. I've only lived in New York and in Georgia, and now I'm in the RV, and I'm 70. You know, so it's just... Um, All right. Well, 70 yeah. is a new something. I don't know what, but, you yeah. know... I know, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I keep I keep trying to say it's the new fifty, but they keep telling me no, it's new sixty. I said no, it's fifty, uh, fifty. Yeah, yeah. I want to thank mm-hmm. you for for talking with us. We're going to talk again after November because after November, be, okay. We're both going to be really busy. And yes. trying to get all of these great people elected and getting people out there to vote. Absolutely. And I'm with you. You know, there's no reason yeah. why you well, not get yeah. to the polls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's no reason. There's no reason at all. But one of the things I do miss is my activism. I'm going to try to get uh, – I looked up some of the Democratic parties down here, and I'm going to mm-hmm. try to see if I can hook into one of them and you know, through November so I can sort of kind of do something so I can feel, you know, that I'm doing something because uh, right. so I'm just I, I'm going to drive up for a few days to Georgia to vote in November. Uh-huh. I'm just going to drive up in the car. I'm not taking the whole RV up there. Uh, well, I, I mean, you've like... got two really exciting races in, one in Florida, yep. one in yep. Georgia. I mean, yep. I, you're going to have to find a way to split yourself between the two. <laughs> I know. I said it'd be, it'd be great to get see if I can get some activists from Georgia and Florida together so that we can do round robins back and forth, you know? Mm-hmm. So one, mm-hmm. Because they go southern, you know, to southern Georgia and then do northern Florida, you can do round robins, you know, for canvassing and talking and just going around spreading the word. And, you know, that would be so great to, you know, to see something like that, you know. But um, it's it's gonna be um, it's gonna be an amazing election, an amazing election. I think it's gonna be like uh, I think I think we're gonna see a change. I have a lot of hope for it. I you know I I, I you know it's just it has to happen. It has oh, to yeah. happen. 
Well, I think mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with you. From your lips to to the polling booth. <laughs> to every to the polling booth. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, Betty, right. you, tra- you stay well. You travel safely. Yes. Thank you so okay. much for having me. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to rant on and talk. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you, can always, you can always count on me for giving you that platform. All right. So Thank you. you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Definitely after the election. Okay. All right. Okay. You have a good Bye. evening. Right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I want to thank today's guest, Betty Covertier. Safe travels, Betty. Thank you for always providing that alternative perspective. You can listen to this or past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog Talk Radio. Be sure and follow Collections by Michelle Brown Blog Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let us know if you have a suggestion for a guest or topic for a future show. Join us next week when I'll introduce you to another amazing individual living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of air intersectionality, and creating change right here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Thank you for listening.